I am not my words I am not my song These words are my skin And the song is my own Welcome to the Shadowscape Podcast. I am Corey. I am Sean. And today we are in Canada. We're in Canada. It's very cold. There's 20 inches of snow on the ground. Oddly, though, it, it started to melt today. And in Kansas City, back at home, we got like six inches. It's because we mailed it home to them. Yeah. What's really odd about that is that the day we arrived, we got 21 inches, I think, in yeah. Canada. And everyone was like, oh, this is fine. We'll be okay. Yeah, they were like you know, winter activity. And we get five inches in Kansas city and they're like, Oh 15 my 15 car pileup. Not to make, <laughs> not to make light of an injury, but yeah. 15 car pileup. It's a blizzard. So we're sitting in a very nice hotel room. It's actually a suite, um, on the sixth floor of the Fairmont Queen Elizabeth, which I can't say in French, but here in uh, Montreal, it would be said in French. Um, which and- is a pretty famous place. Actually. It's where John Lennon, and Yoko mm-hmm. had their famous sit-in. It's the 50th anniversary tomorrow. Yeah. Yep. Pretty and crazy. so we're celebrating by all over the hotel. Uh, there's going to be sit-ins in um, every room that's occupied by a, a sleeping guest and has a bed, I think. Who um, knows? But there, they will also be doing the, the famous photo uh, in the room where John Lennon and Yoko Ono actually did that. Um Today we have a very special guest with us. I'm excited. Very excited. We have Ruben Bullock. Is it Bullock or Bullock or Yeah, I don't Bullock? Know. I, don't know. I guess I don't How say do it that often. So <laughs> just Bullock. Ruben and the Dark. Yeah, yeah. That's Ruben. probably like on your debit card. It yeah. says Ruben and the Dark. So the yeah, name does, of actually. his would you call it a musical moniker? Yeah. Is it? Uh, yeah. Is Ruben and the Dark. Mm-hmm. Um fantastic talent that we have in the room with us. Thanks. But but it's it's kind of like in some ways that we're at your home. Yes. <laughs> you're living in Canada. Yeah, welcome. Welcome. Welcome <laughs> to you. my to my hotel room. <laughs> Man, it's really great to be with you here today. Yeah, right? yeah. So thanks, for thanks all for coming the in. Oh, sorry. <laughs> for all the people um on our who listen to our podcast or who might not have heard of you before, uh, can you mm. just give us a small idea of who you are, um what you're about and and, and just kind of Kind of let us enter into this moment so we just have a little bit of context. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, that's always such a tricky yeah. question. But, <laughs> Tell um, us exactly what we want to so, know about you and nothing yeah. else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I play music. Um, I have a band. It kind of fluctuates uh, with members, but there's normally about five of us. Um, and, and really, I mean, the whole thing with me, I, I got into music pretty late. And I always, I was always writing just tons and tons of writing, kind of poetry, but not even poetry, just sentences. I, I was obsessed with writing sentences and with no purpose for them whatsoever. And at, at about 20, maybe 21, I got, uh, my brother gave me a guitar and I kind of learned, I tried to learn some songs and, and gave up as soon as I learned two chords and just figured out that I could kind of like put these sentences over these chords. And, and, um, so that was kind of the heart that kind of still is the heart of what I'm trying to do constantly writing and constantly trying to just put words to chords in a way that feels, you know, like it comes from the heart. And so musically we change shapes all the time. Um, it, it's folk enough to be at a, 
at the Folk Alliance, um, we play, you know, pop festivals and rock clubs and, and all of that kind of stuff too. So, but the genre kind of exists, I, I suppose. Uh, we live in like indie, indie band world and kind of just like grab things that I like from all sorts of musical influences. Yeah. Wild to me to think that it was the age of 20 yeah. that you were just starting to learn chords and pair chords and think about song. Cause there wasn't even song structure at that mm-hmm. point. But now when we listen to your music, it's something that you'd hear on the radio or in a film. Yeah. That's unbelievable. How, how did you get from two chords that you gave up on and sentences to what we hear on your albums? Well, I definitely had some help. Um, it started, it started as, uh, like the first songs I wrote and so many of them were eight, eight minutes long, 10 minutes long. Didn't know what a chorus was. Mm -hmm. Didn't know anything about structure. Mm -hmm. I just had all these words that I thought were awesome. You know, like things like I've always had this obsession where for some reason a sentence will, I I just feel like it's going to change the world or something you know like there's some power in this phrase or there's power in in the way that the meaning of something is flipped and uh i always understood that enough that i was like for some reason i have to write this down you know i have to remember this even though i'm not going to do anything with it um so there's a lot of songs like that at the beginning and i i decided to make a record um at the time too i just played in my in my house like um didn't collaborate with anybody didn't was afraid to too because i don't know anything about guitar and people would want to jam and i'd be like they're gonna come they're gonna come find out that i don't know what i'm doing so i just i want to be my whole life i want to be alone (laughs) in what i'm doing (laughs) just trick everybody and be be happy with it um that's actually really easy to do like it's remarkably (laughs) easy just to go you know what i I know seven chords and if i put a capo on i know 14 yeah yeah you know it's it's and it's it really highlights how much that truly doesn't have to matter, especially as a songwriter. Like yeah, when, yeah. I, when I see your music and I hear your music, it, it's not, it's not just, Oh, that's super rock and roll or that made me feel good. Like it's, a, it's an obvious portrait of a, of a songwriter and someone who mm. deeply cares about the choice of the words that are, that are going over those chords. Yeah. May it be one or two. Uh, and yeah. I think that's really special. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And I, I think, I think that, um, that's what I'm always trying to stick around to is the essence of that stuff, you know, not getting too carried away with technicalities, but it's that balance of, um, of understanding that you have to have a certain skill set. It's your responsibility to be able to write the song if the song is coming to you. And that requires some, like some knowledge of the craft. Um, so I've, I've been like putting that work in after, you know, like reverse engineering it for sure writing some songs that I didn't know anything about and are maybe still my favorite songs and I feel like are the the best that I've ever written not knowing what anything was but I can go back and say like it actually it followed uh, like a a really unique structure you know because I didn't know anything about the structure I I stumbled into it and and now like learning more about songwriting you can get in your head about about it a little bit where you're like can i do this is this going to work is this you know th- there's there's technical components to it and arrangements and um 
but I still try to just, I still really try to be super raw with it and I'll bring people in. Um, so I brought a producer in to make my first record and, and he was like a super experimental kind of free jazz, really weird, really weird guy. And the stuff that I had heard he'd produced wasn't like that. It was kind of one of those musicians that just gets so good that he, he, he can't play a chord on a guitar anymore. He just refuses. Like he'll, he'll, um, yeah, I mean, just plays, will not play any instrument the way it's supposed to be played and, and really went into this angular space. And, uh, so it's funny because I, I referenced all of this old stuff he was working on, but by the time I worked on a record with him, he was in this world, like, he's like just deconstructing everything and really challenged everything I was doing when I was this young guy, just trying to make these songs, put these songs on a record. Um, and the process was, I, I'm a carpenter. I used to be a working carpenter all the time. And so we built, I, I helped him turn his studio shed as a trade, a, a, a shed, a tool shed into a recording studio in his backyard, 10 by 10 full analog. Like, wow. um, yeah, completely like nothing, nothing about it until it, until it went from mastering, um, and onto a CD, it was all all analog. So like mixed on the con on a console in a tool shed, wow. recorded to tape. Um, this sounds so unbelievably manly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> this is great. But this took it took like I was like ready to go record with him, and and this is just the kind of guy he is. He was like, okay, we just have to do this thing first, and the thing was build the studio, and then and then it was bringing a tape machine, and then the yeah. tape machine wasn't working, and so we spent I think we spent two weeks trying to fix this tape machine Fun on our own capacitors and <laughs> yeah. And everything was flipped and he had like, um, um, a, a remote kind of control for it. So we could both be recording at the same time. Um, you can kind of like, so you don't have to be right at the thing, pressing all the buttons. Um, and it would flip everything. So you would, you would press record on track one and it would erase on track six oh, gosh. and you, and you, and you press like playback on, on track four or whatever. And it would do something just, it, it was like, there was a ghost in it. So the multi-pin <laughs> was scrambled. Yeah. So we had to, we had to pull it all out and, and kind of like it was like playing mastermind um where you have all the color combinations and it's all wired but it's all wired wrong mm -hmm. and so we spent like almost two weeks just like troubleshooting trying to record something would happen so i, I felt like it was this like serious intro for me not knowing anything about music about recording about songs about mm -hmm. the artistry about anything like getting in with this guy who is who is really just a master in that world and mm. wouldn't do anything quick. You mm. know, everything mm -hmm. had to be done properly, right. slowly. He wouldn't, he wouldn't bring someone in to fix the tape machine. Yeah. He's like, we're going to do it. You know, sounds like a guy um, I know. That's yeah. actually like him. That's the most extensive pre-production I've yeah. ever heard. Oh yeah. man. First yeah. we have to build this. Yeah. But uh, you know, it's funny. There's a lot that we feel like we have in common with you. And mm. cause we read your bio a little bit and, you know, and, and Corey was talking about, you know, you, you were talking about how you feel a little bit like, like a fraud mm -hmm. or felt a little bit like a fraud on the guitar. Oh yeah. Um, you know, and, and I relate to that in some ways too, but where we're really similar is we also, uh, built a studio in order to record records. Um, the difference is we weren't carpenters first. Yeah. So you were a carpenter first, yeah. then you built a studio <laughs> to become a musician. We were musicians first. Yeah. Yeah. And we, like, I learned how to frame. We both learned how to sheetrock, yeah. electrical, mud, lay flooring. Hadn't done any of it. No background. Corey yeah. had a little bit of background in it in high school, but pretty much no background in it. And so we did the opposite. 
as you. Yeah. <laughs> whatever, whatever way, whatever way you got to do gotta it. You got to get it done. And that's, that's how you figure those things out too, though. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just setting your, it's just ha- having to get it done, you mm-hmm. know, and then having to kind of just step up. Necessity. That's yeah. how you become a man, right? <laughs> yeah. <It's manhood. laughs> so how do you feel like that, that turned out? Like was, was all that work applied? Did that put something new in that record that wouldn't have been there before? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It, it, um, I don't think any of the songs, none of the songs turned out the way that I wanted or thought they were going to. And that was also, I think a really good challenge for me with my first album or that my influences at the time, um, I don't know what that record would have sounded like. I just wanted it to sound like it sounded in my head, but with some other instruments. Like mm-hmm. I, and I, and I wouldn't have been very um, picky about what it was. Oh, like get a bass player, play some bass, get a drummer. Like I didn't, I didn't know. So doing doing it with him, um, yeah, we we ended up recording some super weird songs um, <laughs> that I that I. I felt crazy about coming right out of the studio. I was like, what have I done? Like, <laughs> especially not knowing what happens sometimes where you can just go into a studio and allow things to just move and change. And I didn't know if that was like a compromise. I didn't know as an artist, if you shift gears in a studio, if that, if that is a normal thing, or if that was me being influenced by this guy and all of his knowledge and passion. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think it was really informative for me to have kind of gone that, that route right away, um, like made the weirdest record that I could make as the very first one. Um, and then, and then to maybe, you know, that made me make the next record live off the floor with the band. Cause I was like, okay, I don't want to get caught up in this stuff mm-hmm. again. Here's the songs. They sound good. Bring a band in a studio, record it live. Yeah. Nice. Um, so, so yeah, my, my, my intro to it has been, um, I, I think I think it was a really healthy way to kind of um, just kick into gear as like a brand new musician mm-hmm. and and not end up with a producer that just kind of like brings in a bunch of session players and makes you you gets you your record done in a week and you know that may have put me in a whole different category of of um, of, of music and art and influence and yeah. um, so yeah that was my en- my entry in, wow. into it. Do you feel like? You would never want to do that again, where you approach maybe making a record in such a weird, bizarre way, or do you think that like <laughs> no, I, I want you're to do circle, it again now? Circle back around, and I have been, man. I've just it was in Mexico for a month, rented a house in in the jungle, and we all just flew in with random pieces of gear and set up a, a studio and just like went deep and yeah. went deep into the songs that we've been demoing and recording are so just what, whatever they are, you yeah. know, however they turn out, um, just making decisions based on if you're excited about a part, you know, not holding this like, okay, this has to be like a stadium rock song or something like the, the only, the only way of, of measuring, I think how the song is going is if like every little thing that you're playing, you're excited about mm-hmm. Like if someone like laughs and, and gets excited and is like, holy shit, like, that's so awesome. Um, like every step of the way. And, and when a song gets to a point where, you know, the baseline is just, it's, it's like, okay, it's not, you know, it's not really feeling exciting. We just like stop, stop recording it, do a different song, mm. maybe don't put any bass in the song. And yeah. so, so it's been this, like a deconstruction process yeah. is what I've been doing for the last couple of months. Sounds like you're making magic. Yeah. And I feel that way so yeah. much. Like it's, it's the most excited I've been about music um, 
in a long time. That's, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I'm curious about that process and, and maybe even a broader scope around that because there's so many artists that we work with and they'll come in the studio and they'll have this preconceived notion of what maybe they should be mm. or what will be accepted or acceptable mm. um, when it comes to the melodies and the genre in which they fall in. And it seems like your deconstruction it has nothing to do with that. Was there ever a time or do you even have that in your mind now when you're thinking about, okay, we're going to make this record, um, we have to at least fit in this box or we have to at least, you know, you know, cross this T and dot this I so that it's mm. accepted by, by the public. Is that anything that's, that's stirring around in you or it doesn't seem like it on the outside, but yeah, you know, yeah. I know internally that can be, it can be a whole different story. Yeah, it has for sure. Um, it's funny how you can put yourself in, in these little like boxes, you know, that are completely unnecessary you you design it for yourself and then you are trapped in there completely by your own will um but yeah i mean i found everything i'm doing right now is an attempt to undo everything that i've done not that i think that i've gone in a direction that i need to be retreating from um but i feel like i've gone in a direction that is feeling repetitive creatively um and the repetitive nature isn't even like the songs because the songs are always changing. I'm always challenging what I'm writing. I'm always trying to do something different. But I find I found myself to like be in this uh, this kind of standard that I've gotten used to, and that is um, everything. Everything in the music industry is it 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 gets it's exciting, it's new, it's fresh, and then it's like standardized within six months of experiencing these things. Like, cause at first that like, even with like a career, like a manager or something like, Oh man, we have a manager. There's, there's this is excitement. There's, and then all of a sudden you're like, okay, so now we're just another band that is being managed by a manager. Who's just another manager who, and we're all kind of like a part of this thing that we'd never really signed up to be in. You know, I, I learned chords to write sentences hmm. and sing things that felt good to me and hope that someone else would like hear them and be like, Oh, that sounds good to me too. Like that's the the core core of it. And all of a sudden we're, you know, um, a five piece band, traditional kind of instrumentation and arrangements, uh, manager, agent, you know, album cycles, touring the same venues as everyone tours. And I like, I don't know how that happened. You know, it wasn't my, like, that wasn't my idea. I was like, Oh, I want to like join this club. Yeah. Um, but everyone's like, well, if you want to do it, here's what you have to do. And here's, you know, you start here and you grow and you do this and then you play these rooms and you, you move up to the bigger ones and you have to start working with these promoters. Cause if you want to do the festivals, you have to do the clubs. Um, I'm like, I, I like, sometimes I just want to play in a hotel room to some friends, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, and that's more, that's more closer to my heart than it is to play, you know, a club somewhere where I would, I wouldn't go, you know, but all of a sudden I'm like bringing all of these people to this nightclub and I wouldn't go there. And I don't, right. I don't know, I don't know anybody there and it's not my place. And you're yet, hoping people will come somewhere you would never want to go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And so there's, and that's just like a little glimpse. Cause I think that within what I'm doing in this industry right now, I'm, I'm like, my eyes are just opening a little bit to it and saying, like when you get to the point where you, you work so hard to have an audience and then you get an audience with me, that is such a beautiful, magical thing where I'm like, there are people that are buying tickets to see us play. And that, and I like, I take that really seriously and I think about it and I'm like, okay, well these, like, this is, this is, 
I didn't mean to be an entertainer. You know, I didn't like set out to be like, Hey, I'm like, I'm, I want to be, I want to entertain you. Um, so there's all of this kind of like, um, all of this stuff's kind of circling around what it is that I'm trying to do that I feel like I want to challenge right now and change Hmm. and recording to the way, the way everything's going. Um, just to like dig back and maybe it comes out the other end and we just hop right back into the system and that's what works for us and we continue. Um, but definitely at like a point of reflection and being like, what else can I do? I'm, I'm bored of certain things and I, and I want to just challenge myself too and do something that scares me a little bit. Like put out, put out some songs that might, I might be terrified. I might be afraid that someone's going to stop liking me because I put out this song, but I really like it. And I need to do that just for myself to be like, do I do this if no one else likes it? You know, is it about that or is it about like what I just really feel like doing right now? Yeah. I I think it's really, easy, really easy for us to, to see that system and see how it can work. And, and I think that it's, it's problematic because we're not creating new avenues in which mm-hmm. we can rise above like the, the, the noise in such a way to gain an audience. We're, we're not looking into that at all, hardly mm-hmm. e- ever. And, 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 you know, things will pop up and new technologies will pop up, but I think we're beyond the, the idea that it will simply be technology that will resurrect like a new way of life for us yeah. as artists. Like I do feel like what you're doing, it reminds me, and I, and I go back to, to him a lot because you, you look at guys specifically like Kurt Cobain mm. and you look at a guy who, at least from the outside and everything I've ever read and every song I've ever heard of, of Nirvana's, you never hear a guy who go, who, who looked like he was following the rules in which mm. were laid before him. And, 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 and I always, it's really hard as an artist and as a songwriter, when you're, you want to pay the bills, you would, yeah. you would like to continue to have a fan base. You would like to make the other people around you, particularly your bandmates, like feel like, we're going to create something and follow enough rules that we can continue it, yeah. you know, continue this path. But it seems like whenever I think about who, who are the legends, like who are the people who changed the course of history? Mm-hmm. They're doing what, what you did in Mexico. They're, they're doing, yeah. they're making that choice to not make a choice for the sake of, of any business. Someone mm-hmm. else will do that. And, but they're, they're, I think it is that sort of art and that sort of heart where, where I'm making sentences that, that might sound cool and, and might make you feel what I feel. And because we feel that same thing, we can go somewhere that no one else, you know, predestined for us or, or made us go. We just went somewhere that we were meant to go together. And, and I, man, like that's at, for, for us particularly, like it's, it feels like a a bit of a a barren wasteland sometimes mm. when you're around, you know. Even conferences like this, we're we're all trying to just pay the bills, really, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and still make art. And uh, it sometimes feels like a bit of a rarity to have the conversations that that really don't feel like music industry conversations. They don't feel like, uh, you know money or, or, or a system or a plan. They yeah. just, they just seem like what's the nucleus of all life having purpose within this song right now in yeah. this moment. And man, I'm just super jazzed to, to, to hear you speak like that. What I'm curious, um, do you feel like, you know, where you're headed or are you just <laughs> yeah. kind of like, I'm going to, we're just 
chasing this magic and I know it when I feel it and I'm just going to keep trying things until we find our path. I'm, I'm curious if you, but if you have a plan. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's, um, no, I don't. And that's, that's, awesome. the, that's like the scary, that's the scary, the scary part. And, um, yeah, I mean, I'm thinking about it as, um, there's, there's a line I read recently that, uh, I don't know who, who wrote it. Um, maybe Tom Robbins fear like love is a call into the wild and that was like really really resonated with me for both of those things and I've and I've been experiencing like a lot of big shifts in my life right now and and letting go of a lot of ideas of things that I I I thought were exactly one way um understanding that change is not something you can get in the way of and that things are always changing and you're and you're um, a fool if you think that it isn't, you know, to understand myself as someone that is constantly changing. And so anything that I do is going to be in a constant state of change. And just like this, this, this kind of ability to be a bit limber with that, but fear being a call, like something that you're running towards something that terrifies you, you know, or if you're really afraid of something that is like, it's not something to, to fear. It's, it's like, it's a call, you know, like this scares me. I ha- so I, I have to, I have to see why I have to find out why. Why and does it affect you? Yeah. Why does it matter? Yeah. Well, yeah if what it is didn't it? scare you, it would have no gravity. Yeah. 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 Like, like love in the, uh-huh. in the same kind of way, you know, like you, you don't, you don't try to just like put that down and be like, Oh no, 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 it's nothing. I'm just yeah. going to deal. I'm going to deal with it. Like love is an easier one to understand because you naturally want to like move towards it. And you're like, what is this? What I want to find, I want to see it through. I want to find out what it means. Fear. You're like, ah, I, can't, I don't want to deal with it. I want to like get rid of it. And, um, so I'm trying, I'm trying in my life right now to move towards things that I'm afraid of. And, yeah, it's, it's super, it's super scary. It's, and it's, it's challenging in a number of different ways as an artist where you're like, you're like, so do you know what you're doing? And like, no, you know, and you're like, yeah. So I have like a label executive ask yeah. that, you know, like, Hey, so what, you know, this new record of yours, what's, do you have like a concept? Do you have an idea? You know, it's going to sound like what kind of you producer or studio or like what, what kind of songs, you know, and just say like, I've, it's going to be good. You know, it's yeah. going to mean a lot to me and it's, and I, and I know I need to do it and I, I don't know what it's going to sound like. I don't know if we're going to change genres. I don't know if it's going to just be a complete continuation of the last record. Maybe, you know, it could be any of, any of those things. And I, I'm trying to just honor that time right now to like go into it, not overthink it. Um, and just, just see what that, see what that brings. I think, I think that sounds like the right choice because I feel like you have such an opportunity right now because you are having so much self-awareness and you're you're able to look at where you've been and where you want to go, even if you don't exactly know what that looks like. But it feels like when an artist is okay with, um, like you said, honoring like the music and kind of honoring yourself and your thoughts in that, in that time to do what is right for, for you in that moment, mm you're doing what's right for the people who are actually going to stick around all those fans who hear you and don't just hear, hear, hear it audibly, but hear you mm-hmm. like in, way deep down you. I just feel like those are the fans that get it when you change genres mm-hmm. that get it when you do something bizarre or you, you take time off, you mm-hmm. know, they, they get that, that all is happening is life is life mm-hmm. is happening. And, 
and it's just happening in the form in which you kind of put out into the world. But, mm-hmm. uh, but what a better way to actually build trust and comfortability with a, a fan base that can sustain you because they can exist with you rather than you having to, you know, answer all the questions or, you know, maybe answer a lot of questions, but also just facilitate a need that a label needs you to be Mm -hmm. X so that you'll sell, Mm -hmm. you know, this amount. Um, It just, it just doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, not with a guy like you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And that, and that's the thing. That's, that's, that's what it comes down to with, with, with me is like a guy like me, like, what is that? You know? And I'm trying, I'm, I'm actually trying to dig into that. Like, what is it that I do that's good? What do I know about myself that is unique and different? And what can I tap into that is not worried about, you know, cause there's one side of it where, where you do have the commercial side, you do have the industry saying like, what playlists are we, what, you know, are we going to be going after on Mm -hmm. Spotify or something? It's like, you know, what kind of festivals are we going to be, where, where, what's the PR kind of spin on the record? How are we going to get people talking about this? Um, you know, and are we going to lose fan base because we're changing here and we've, we've built these relationships and, but there's something, yeah, there's something, I mean, in everybody, every, you do something, there's a reason that you do, that you make art. There's a reason that you think that what you do matters and that's super personal, super unique. And you see it in everyone that succeeds. You're like, ah, like that. You got a, you got a thing and you just went for that thing, you know, that very specific, unless you want to end up in the, in the cookie cutter kind of stardom world where if you can fit a mold, there's two different ways. If you can fit the mold really well, um, and you work really hard towards it, that's one side. And if you can understand that you have like your own ability to like, whatever, um, you don't need to stick with the mold. Like, well, you create the mold. Yeah. You, yeah. You create it. And it, but it doesn't even have to be a, a mold though at that, at that point. Like you just, it's just a path. Yeah. You just, you understand that you don't need it. And you're like, no, no, like what, whatever I have, if I just go deep enough, like there's something in there that is, is, is special enough that mm-hmm. I, I can do what I want to do without yeah. having to, to copy somebody else. Well, I, I, earlier when Corey made the Kurt Cobain comment, the picture that popped into my head, are you familiar? Of course, you'll know the name Pablo Picasso. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was not art educated you know, much. And when I thought of Picasso, I just thought of like weird abstract stuff. And, um, it didn't, you know, um, I don't know. It didn't have much of a profound meaning to me other than he was famous and he made weird art, Mm -hmm. um, that people cared about for some reason. And then I went to a Picasso exhibit and I, you know, it, 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 it actually first started with tribal, Congo jungle masks Hmm. and South American, you know, like, um, uh, artifacts. Hmm. And I'm like, why are they showing me this? And then they show you Picasso's early work. And it's like these really normal paintings. Hmm. It's like landscape paintings and like lady on a blanket eating a baguette paintings and, you know, like really nice. Yeah. But forgettable paintings. Yeah. And then like at some point in his life, something happened to him. And I don't mean necessarily um, traumatic or profound, but, but um, he found something. And he, I think he traveled to, to one of these remote um, jungle places. And all of a sudden he started expressing himself in this um, 
in this guttural, different abstract way. And you see mm. his art start to shift and, and, and this abstract expression starts to happen. And then he kicked the ball rolling for this entire movement that now people appreciate and understand. And, and, and that makes me think of Kurt Cobain. Yeah. That makes mm-hmm. me think of what you were doing. It makes me think of, of, I'm just going to take this emotion or this thought or this sentence or this statement, and I'm going to take this form of communication that I know, whether it's sound and notes or paint and canvas, um, and I'm going to express. And you will draw to yourself those that understand you and what you're trying to say. And I think what Corey was getting at is though that's uncomfortable in the beginning, once you draw those unto yourself, it's your natural state of being. You're surrounded by people who you've, you've already broken through that barrier of vulnerability. Hmm. There's no more worry because, because Ruben has been this and that and, and weird and pop and whatever happened in Mexico. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, and we trust what he will manifest and bring forth into reality. Yeah. And that's a comfortable place to be. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And that's, that's a comfortable, what have you to lose at that point? Yeah. What have you to lose? Yeah. No, that's a great, that's a great way of looking at it. In some ways you kind of create, your fan base becomes a safe place. Yeah. 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 You, you almost filter out the negative in that way. Mm-hmm. Hourglass. <laughs> what does it mean? Um, it was in your video. Right, it's on yeah. your finger. For our listeners, yeah. it's on his hand in the form of a tattoo. And there is also uh, in one of his very first top YouTube hits, you'll see it appear a few times. It's a beautiful in a video, video, by the way. Yeah. Oh, nice. Gorgeous visually. Thanks. Yeah. Um, so there, there's a bunch of imagery kind of associated with this this last record. Um, and I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think if the tattoo came first or... I was just draw. I was I was I was trying to match up different. Um, I, I guess it's the same kind of thing with writing songs um, and finding imagery of just like finding symbols that could kind of be um, reminders or, um, well, sim- symbols symbols of of greater meaning to keep in mind when I was writing songs. Um, the hourglass is one of them. Empty empty hourglass, just as a way of. Um, I mean, it, it means so many, so many things, but just the idea of, of time, um, in a very, in a very simple, in a very simple way. Um, and it, it kind of got matched up with the song all or nothing. Um, time, time and timing played like a really big role in almost all of the writing on the Arms of a Dream album. Um, uh, another one of the symbols was a, a crystal ball. Um, and that, that is, uh, that that is that is definitely a, a big part of it too. Feeling like I was trying, I was trying to find this state of mind that maybe I started to understand through older writings and 
that songs are are kind of like these mystics in my in my mind in my in my world like i don't write in a way that is very linear or very um stream of consciousness i guess is is what it, it would be i don't i try to step out, uh, i try to step away from me having any understanding of what i'm writing as i'm writing something that feels right if i like these sentences like i don't try to figure out what they mean when i write them i'm just like mm. this this sentence is there's something here you know i have no idea what i'm talking about half the time but when it really opens up i can just write and write and write and write and and i just feel like i i know when it's good um but once you do that, um, I've, I've been now kind of like having the ability of reflecting on the things that I'm writing and being really, really shocked at like the relevance they have in my life at a certain time. Um, like, re like really almost like, like shaken by it sometimes where I'm like, what, like how? Cause at the time I would almost feel a bit vulnerable, but not actually knowing what I'm talking about, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And I, and, and a song will be out and, and I'll be like, that line means so so many things to me but i don't really like know what it is um and then two years later i'll experience something and it'll hit me like just like not like knock the wind out of me something so specific um so I, i've begun to to like try to honor that with with um like as as um as yeah, as a mystic, as as like a, a muse, as a as something that's bigger than you. That when you really open up your creative channels, you write. You, I believe I write things that are bigger than just my own idea of, of something. You know, when something is good, I feel like I didn't have a lot to do with it. Like you know, it comes through you or or whatever. Lots of lots of artists talk about Being their best work is they're just a channel. You yeah. know, and to step just to get out of its way if it's happening do everything that I can to just like get out of its way, let it all come out. Um, but within that process, I try to like keep parameters and, 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 and one is, is symbols and themes of, of things that I, I do really want to be speaking about. I do really want to be expressing like, um, stuff that's important to me or things that I'm going through. Um, so the symbols in my mind were just a way of, of like, of collecting everything and like putting things in categories keeping um, it in simple focus yeah, yeah yeah who inspires you because <laughs> you've talked about old writings and you know yeah. and i'm not talking necessarily music it can be authors yeah. or yeah humans that once existed in history yeah inspiration um i'm i'm a funny one with that and i uh, when i first started a lot of the things I, th I thought that an artist had to kind of be an island. I thought that the re really good artists, this is not knowing anything about art or about music or about, um, you know, writers or poets or everything. I'd, not knowing anything about anything. I, I really thought for a long time that all of these people were just their own island and, they, and it was uh, poor practice to like reference something or like, model after something or so I spent a lot of time when I was young like just getting into this trying to remove influence as much as possible like really up until a couple of years ago where I I'm now going back and being like well what what was it that really because I put up all of these walls um thinking that if I if I was listening to something too much I would just be mimicking it and I didn't and I thought you couldn't do that like I didn't know that was whereas now like I 
I, I love doing that. If I like, if something really inspires me, I'm like, Oh, I love how they did this. Like that makes me want to do this. And, um, but the, the biggest, the biggest thing, it, it tends to be from people, people around me. Um, like oddly enough and really strange, really strange, um, influences. There was like a rapper in my high school, like a conscious rapper, hmm. this hip hop guy who just blew me away with his, it, it, it was maybe the first time that I was like, man, I, I want to perform because the way, the way he would just say words and, and, and just like, you know, how he, he kind of built this like cult following to, um, in high school and just this guy that like, and I would listen to him cause he kind of sang and like a more of like a poet kind of rapper. Um, and that, that had a really big impact on me kind of understanding what words can really do to an audience. And, and, uh, and from there that was kind of, that that's like my, almost like my main motivator to get into music was not the genre. No, I didn't want to make hip hop music. I didn't want, I just, I just wanted to do that with words too, you know? Um, and then, I mean, yeah, I, I like, I read, I read lots and I, I like, uh, I mean, like Kurt Vonnegut is probably, I, I, I love how Lucy is and how free form, you know, all of his, all of his writing is. And I also love how it's all the same. Like he's always writing about the exact same thing. It, it seems there's like slight differences in plot and, and some new characters, but it's, it's really just his own, his own world. And, um, I don't know if I've borrowed from that intentionally, but. Like I, I get people saying all the time, like, oh, you can't sing that, that lyric. Cause you like, th- didn't you like, isn't that what that record was called? Or isn't that what like your other song was called? You can't like sing the song can't title. Yourself. In your, yeah. But like I do, because I, when I'm writing, like it's all, it's always, it's just all coming from the same place. And this is like this. And, and I kind of need to just g- write from there until I like, get to another place. And then, um, so I, I, I do really like how, how he does that too. It seems like, um, everything's tied together in very strange ways that maybe not too many people, you know, um, recognize, but I mean, I can draw parallels with like all of my songs to all of my songs. Mm-hmm. Um, spider web. Yeah, That's yeah cool. d- definitely. Um, especially now being a little more intentional with it. Like, yeah. It's fun to kind of to hide to hide things in songs. Easter eggs. Yeah, yeah, def- yeah absolutely. Um, but yeah, I mean, just and just friends and and different creatives and conversations and traveling and I mean, I just I was thinking about this today actually in a funny way. I was like just a couple minutes ago uh, in the lobby and there was this big folk jam thing happening. And I was like, man, I want to, I want to do this. I want to like, I want to, I felt like I, I, you know, and I'm, I'm going a different direction right now with, with music. Like it's almost like some of the stuff that I've been doing is like, like dancey Nick Cave kind of sound, like weird and really more rhythmic than I've ever done. And, but I'm watching a fiddle player and a harpist and a, I'm like, man, I want to, I want to do that. And I I realized like how easily you are influenced by things that are right around you and how amazing that is and how dangerous that is because it because i'm i'm influenced by these like all these guys jamming this is like fiddle jam to be like oh man i'm gonna learn how to play the fiddle and i but then you also will sit down with with um you know a bunch of people with with, uh maybe uh in the music industry they're just like talking shop and what and then you're like oh man i I need to know a little more about business and i need to step up my game and I, i mean i'm gonna get business cards printed you know like i'm influenced by them um and influence is something that is like, you really have to like self-regulate what 
you allow to influence you and what you don't. Because if you just wander into rooms where there's a bunch of fiddle fiddle players, you know, jamming, like you'll pro you'll probably end up with them, you know, if you if you stick around there long enough. Which can be great, you know, unless you don't want to be a fiddle player and you don't want, you know, you want to be a basketball player instead. Like, I, I'm, I'm really realizing, like, how sensitive I am to all of that stuff, even though I've spent a lot of time in my life thinking that I'm, I'm an island creatively. Um, I've just been, like, soaking it all in and not acknowledging it, which is more dangerous than saying, this influences me, this influences me, this inspires me, this doesn't. You know, mm. at least you're regulating it, yeah, identifying yeah. it, throttling, yeah. managing. Yeah. 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 That's right. It helps having a band too in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it can be like, no, no, no. Accountability. <laughs> totally. Totally. Yeah. 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 There's too much fiddle for yeah, you in one yeah, day, man. Yeah. yeah. yeah we can't yeah. put fiddle Ruben, on Ruben, every Ruben, song. we're going, we're going, uh, we're going to take a little break and, uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and I do, I like, I, I try to surround myself with people that, that compliment me and balance me and inspire me. Um, and, uh, and that I can learn from and that I can also like, you know, learn that level of, of like not, not compromise necessarily, but being able to like stretch to places that you're not comfortable and putting trust in the people that you're around. you're like, okay, if I'll, I'll go f outside of my comfort zone with you because I, I, I trust that your, your kind of comfort zone is somewhere that I can, that we can share, we can share space. Absolutely. In some ways though, just thinking about all that. I mean, if you look at the Beatles, it seemed like they were sponges too. Yeah, yeah they <laughs> like, went to India and yeah, they got all India. Totally. And, they, and it worked out yeah. fine in some regard, not for the rest of us who got them for a short amount of time. And right? it, yeah. it, you know, they also fall into that same category of non-linear rule followers in the world of creativity and it worked mm -hmm. out okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When you were talking about time and how that really impacted you and, and mm. what you were thinking about it a lot. When you think about time now, you know, today, are you thinking about it? For me, sometimes I think time is age. Mm. Um, sometimes time is legacy. Sometimes mm. time doesn't exist. And, yeah. and I, I really wrestle with that. What, what is time for you right now? And, and maybe how does that affect the choices that you're making or the haste in which you might have or not? Yeah. Um, I mean, the way I experience it these days um, is I, I feel like maybe it is, um, it's, it's, yeah, it's a circular thing. Like there's a lot of things that I'm realizing um, are cycles where, where I can look back to when I was 24, I was the oldest I have ever been, um, completely, you know, I was, I had a construction company with my brother. Uh, we would work like six, six days a week, you know, 14 hour days trying to grow a business, like taking ourselves so seriously. Um, and, and then I can look at myself, you know, today and my lifestyle and, and, even, even just my mental state and my, like, I've, I've become more childlike. I play more in all kind of areas of my life. Um, so I, I, I'm trying to just like get out of the way of, of my idea of time because it has just been the only thing about like the clock kind of ticking. Um, all the, all that does to you is, is create this, this like stress, you know, of, of aging. Like if I, if I can like not think about that stuff, I feel younger right now than I have ever felt. Um, 
I, I like grew up skateboarding a lot. Like it was kind of probably why I didn't get into music. Um, kind of like sponsored and traveling and touring and stuff until I was maybe 19. Um, and I was like, I'm doing it again. And I feel better than I did when I was like 16 years old. It's very strange. Um, You're aware of your bones now. Yeah. <laughs> and what happens if you totally, fall? Totally, <laughs> totally. But even, even, even with that, like, I feel, like my body feels fine. So there's a lot of things in, my, in, in, in society that tell you to feel a certain way about time passing. But I'm, I'm trying to just like remove all of that stuff and, and understand that there are, there are also like all of these cycles and, and circles within it of like, you know, I find myself like coming up to very familiar ground very often. And I, and I can kind of like look back, uh, at a certain point in my life and try trying to look at, at, at time like that, maybe just like a, a teacher or like ex- experience coming back around and, and, and measuring time by like, when you end up in a situation that feels really familiar, like, are you going to do the same thing or or has time passed and you're different and you can make a different decision or you can, you know, uh, change something. Yeah. That's good. I, I, I am not very good at that. Yeah. Like, I, <laughs> I don't know. Rub off on my I'm friend. Not, I'm not saying Yeah. That, those, it, it is. I mean, you're totally right. It's, it, there's, there can be such a negativity that comes with it. And, and definitely if you look around, where'd I, my week go? Where'd my month go? Where'd my year go? Yeah. Where'd I, my twenties go? I think December for me is the most pressing time of the year, you know, which is <laughs> so funny because so many people are so excited about the holidays yeah. and all these things. And, and, and I'm just thinking of how much I haven't done that I said I would do and, right. and all of these, these ideas and these, this great creative thing. And I'm going to finish this record. I'm going to, I'm going to, I lay out, I'm that guy that yeah, January yeah. is this renewal time. It's like, okay, I have all these plans and December is a time for realization. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. a time for mourning of what i never became that year that I meant right. to. So, uh, you know, I, I, I just like hearing your perspective and, and, you know, being reminded that like there are seasons and times and, and things that come again. And, but in reality, like it's just, it's just happening and we can't stop it and it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. And what, what could we do or what would we do if we could, you know, yeah. but we're not there, you know? Yeah. You know, I think that stre- the stress, the most stressful, what would be more stressful than aging is not aging. You know, imagine repeating the same day over and over or, or like what, what's, <laughs> the, al- what's, what's the alternative? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I I know. Sorry. <laughs> no. Um, but I don't think the alternative is comforting going back, like going backwards in time would be no good. Yeah. You would, you would, you'd start freaking out, you know, in, in about... 20 years from now, you're oh like, man, oh, I, oh, take okay, I can't go to the bar anymore. <laughs> yeah. man. You know, it doesn't get better going backwards. It's no, it's no better re- repeating itself and not changing. Um, being in an endless loop of, of the present, I don't think is, is a, I think that would become its own disaster. Um, aging and moving forward through time in the direction that we do. I think that's like a pretty sweet way of, of going about life. Um, and to not like hang on, because I mean, I've I've hit some things like that have hit me, and and luckily for whatever reason, from being super young, I've 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 had like this strange little seed of self confidence where I just have this feeling of like, yeah, you can do it, you can do it, buddy. You know, in in my head, in my heart, or maybe from my parents, maybe I, I don't even know where it comes from. Um, self doubt, I mean self-doubt as as its own like presence in my life i haven't 
really understood it until until recently. Um, because e- even though I've, I've been like um, super vulnerable and super insecure and imposter, that's not necessarily self-doubt. Like where you have something in you saying like, you're not good enough. Um, you can't do this. You know, like I, ha- I, ha- I haven't experienced that a lot. And I've been really grateful to not have that voice in my head until a couple of years ago. Like I heard it for the first time in this, in this like way that I really understood what it was. And I, and I was driving from, from Toronto to California to Los Angeles, bringing the van and trailer and all this. We were caught up in all of these things, a record deal on the table with a, a major, a major label, these big things, all these big people that were like, you know, wanted to be in the studio with us. And, and I kind of had, um, I had this thought about like, you need to do this now or it's gone. Like at the time I was, you know, 31 or something like that. Like you, you, I was in my thirties and, and, and I had this voice. It was really seriously. It was like, this might be your last chance to do this. And it was the most, um, honest voice and, and like soothing. And it was in my, you know, like it was something that was like su- supposedly comforting me just being like, you know what, man, like this, this is, this could be it for you. And you have to prepare yourself for that. Like you might not be able to be a musician. If this record doesn't come out, if you don't have any songs that go on the radio, if you can't pay bills, like you're going to go back to being a carpenter. Like, and I listened to it and it, it felt super true and it felt honest. And then I kind of just started laughing. And as I was driving, I was like, holy shit, (laughs) that is not, that's not true. But it sounded so true. Like, cause it was my own voice and it was, it knew everything about me. And and it was like, that was the first moment where I, I like could point my finger at self doubt and be like, that's what it is. And that's, that's how poisonous it is because you, th- you think it's you, yeah. you think it's like something that is like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a little tip. Trying to help I, yourself. Yeah. Like you're helping yourself, but you're actually just creating this crazy. Cause like when you believe that stuff and it's come back and it's been coming back and I've, I've been able to listen to it and understand what it is and be like, no, like. I'm not, I'm not listening to that. Uh, cause I don't, I don't believe that. I, I believe that I can do whatever I set my, my mind on and my heart to. And I believe this is going to work out even though like, um, whatever, but that age thing, that was the, cause I was like, yeah, well that's realistic. Yeah, totally. Yeah. In my thirties, you know, it's, uh, I have a long ways to go. And if I, if I don't do this, yeah, like that, that voice is totally true. It's, it's correct. And, but man, I'm, 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 I'm just making a conscious decision to to mute that voice when I understand it's coming from that that place of like that's the part of me that is afraid and is trying to like convince myself to just back away because it's actually really scary to go and do what you want to do and I think everything inside of you would much prefer to just do something comfortable you know where you're like you're not stressed and you're not scared and you're, you're not chasing your dream because that's like that's the hardest, that's like the hardest thing yeah. to do in, in, in life for You're sure. You're not risking anything. No and risk. That comes back yeah. to the fear yeah, at yeah. the beginning of our conversation that we yeah. talked about. Well, yeah. for you, I always hear people, you know, say they're trying to make it, you know, air quotes. Um, yeah. Or, you know, if you, like you said, if, if you, this could be your chance and if, if it doesn't happen now, it might, might never happen. And, and I, w- I know some people do have a specific goal and, mm. and this is where they're headed. And, and, and until I get there, nothing will, will, will be right. Or, you know, I won't feel like I, I did what I set out to. Yeah. Do you feel like you're guided by a goal that's far out in front of you and you know what that is? Or are you, is there a different 
a different way that you look at that, that mentality of I need to go somewhere and I need to grow. And, you know, I just, I just wonder sometimes I think we're a little hard on ourselves because it's like some, you know, and this comes just looking at gratitude, even for, for me as an artist who, who, you know, I, I look at myself and go, you've accomplished nothing. And, and, Mm. and I know that there's people in my life that would look at my career and go, like, if I had that, that would be everything. That would be my wildest dream. And, and so we, you know, in your perspective, you know, it's, I can see how it's it's easy to, to look at yourself and listen to that doubt and go, well, you can't do this. And, but then in the other voice is saying you can, but for yeah. you, what is that? Like, where do you want to go? What do you, what do you want to do with all of this? Yeah. Um, I want to ask you the hardest question possible. <laughs> no, I think I know the answer though. Uh, cause I've spent a lot of time thinking about it. I think because I want to build something that nobody can take from me. You know, I think that's the, the core of it. And, um, and I want to have something that, that I own, you know, that I understand. Um, and there's a number of things. One, I mean, I was, I kind of had a realization. I was, I was visiting, um, a relative in a, in like a old folks home. Um, and there's a piano there. And I kind of was in there. I was like, man, like I could be here just like playing that piano, like at, at 80 years old and be so just like the guy that plays a piano and like some people listen to and I, and, and, and I would be so content, so happy. Um, and, and I would, you know, like I actually, if I was, if I was like still like singing my songs to people, um, like I, I would be super content doing that. Um, if all of this disappeared, whatever it is that could disappear, um, and I would still write songs and go play like at an open mic or something. Um, I would, I would be happy. And, uh, and so, and so I, I keep that in mind all the time to be like, no one can take away the thing that makes me happy. Um, cause I like, I, I think that I'll always have a way of doing that and, and figuring that out. What I want to do is challenge myself. Like I'm chasing songs all the time. Like I want to just write, write the song that makes me feel like that's the song. Um, so I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to continue to do that. Um, the audience thing has been, you know, there will be days where I'm like, this sucks. What am I doing? And then, but most of the time I'm on a stage just being super grateful. Like that somebody bought tickets, you know, and we're, we're in certain places right now, like full dreams come true, you know, like things I would never have imagined. Like we played a venue and, in Calgary recently and I, I was on the stage and I was thinking about it and we got booked there maybe six years ago to play in the lobby, um, before a concert. And that was one of the biggest things to, to me to be, for someone to be like, can you play in the lobby on this like tiny little stage before? And it was, a uh, it was like Katie Lang was playing and, um, and I was like, this is insane. This is amazing. Like we're going to play in this venue. It was like the premier, like most beautiful venue in, in the city. Um, and then we came back and, uh, yeah, we, 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 we filled this, this venue, which was like somewhere where I thought, you know, um, I, I would like get kicked out of it or something. I go, it's like, a, <laughs> it's be- beautiful. It's like where the, where the orchestra plays and, and all of that. And, um, like I feel uncomfortable, but like to go in and for it to be your show. And I think we sold 1500 tickets, which was, you know, there was only supposed to be 
whatever we were, we ended up opening up the highest balcony because of the, the, the ticket sales. And, and I mean, to me, I, I was like, I couldn't, couldn't believe it, you know, like to then stand on that stage and, and, and just like, and to be, have so much family, like I brought out so many different people to play with us that night. And there was a couple of shows like that on this tour in the, in, in the West that were just these like insane celebrations where you like look out and everyone's there with you and everyone, so many people in the audience had, had seen me play at all the, every coffee shop in the city, you know, like I did every open mic at every, you know, like whatever, like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday for probably two years, just battling my stage fright and my like inability to perform in front of anybody publicly without my voice shaking and my hand shaking. And so I have all these people that have kind of been with me through that and you get them in that room together and you're like, like, look what we've done together, you know? And, and that feeling, that feeling is insane. Like, you know, it's, it's, um, but you know, but then we play like last night or whatever the, and we do a showcase and there's 20 people here and you're like, what am I doing with my, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's no, you, you're always like, you're it always going to so be, hard. it's crazy. It's crazy, but it's, but it, yeah, it's good. Like challenges you constantly to be like, okay, am I playing? Am I doing this because I get to like play in these big, beautiful theaters to all these people that sing along or am I doing it because like, I just have something I want to share and, and that's not always an easy thing to do. And it's not always just going to be like spoon fed to you. And you, sometimes it's going to really challenge, like, why are you in this hotel right now? Like, why are you doing the thing you're doing? You know, um, which is also circling back to what I was talking about before with getting bored with the standard of it is not even necessarily boredom. It's like really questioning, like you're doing all of these things. Like, why are you actually doing them? Why are you actually doing press? Why are you, what, what are you saying before your song? Do you care about telling someone what the song is about? Or do you want to say something different? Or do you want to do something different? Like, do you want to bring a support band on tour that can help you sell tickets? Or do you want to book a magician? You know, yeah, and just be like, "Hey, we have, we have a magician. You've done that. <laughs> I've had a That's magician a long open story, for me. It's a long story. It's yeah. So I hired a magician at this show I was just talking about. At a boy, plain clothed, unannounced. Yeah, just a magician among us. Oh, really? <laughs> just walking around in the Wa- crowd, and he, card and he, tricking. Yes, and I love be, it. And like, not a lot of people. I, like the word didn't really get out, but like I, it got out from a couple of people that their minds are just blown because yeah. like a random guy, like, cause he, he's like really exceptional too. I met him, a, a friend had him at an event and he's just like, um, a, like a, it's like really magic. I love, yeah. love good sleight of hand up close yeah. magic. Love it. Yeah. I fall asleep watching videos. Oh man, YouTube. that's awesome. <laughs> You're letting but the yeah. side of Sean out that I'm yeah. not sure Ruben's ready for. That's all right. I'll bottle it. The sleep it. deprivation hey, is getting to I'll you. I'll go against everything that <laughs> yeah. we just talked about and just bottle it back up. Um, so one thing I wonder about, um, because I feel uh, such a, uh, a synergy of, of, of place when you say like, I learned two chords, that was enough. I had sentences and now we can do a song. Yeah. It was very much like to this day, I write a lot of songs and I, I always am sitting at my guitar going, well, I don't know how to use you, but in some ways I, I, I do because the words will guide me there. But you said you were learning and you're, you're kind of approaching getting better and raising that bar for yourself. How, Mm -hmm. how do you do that? And, And what do you, what is acceptable for you to learn so that you don't 
pilfer into it too much where you have the, you sponge in all of every pentatonic scale yeah. <laughs> where you can't be free anymore. Yeah. Um, what, what I've been doing, cause it, it, the, the, something I'm figuring out right now, I mean, over the last couple of years is like playing and doing isn't learning. It's not like practicing, you know, you can like, you're not getting better necessarily by doing something over and over and over. So what I've been trying to do is just do things, do different things, um, write different kinds of songs. Uh, I, I've been doing a lot of writing sessions. Um, I kind of did a little bit of it on the last record. I got thrown in. This is also that major label stuff. They're like, go do this and see what happens. And I spent a bunch of time super weird, super strange. Most of it was incredibly painful, like just so painful. Um, artistic like everything like actual my heart was just like oh what are you doing you i'm know? not meant um, for this no but through but through that i took so much out of it as things like i don't want to do like yeah. i you know and um i've also been writing for like film and television um in like the sync world um to briefs of like um very specific kind of briefs for um sonics and general content and theme um and i've been separating i'm now separating that from my own artistic process which has also been a painful thing it's funny it's so connected to my heart that like i do something i'm like what are you doing you're <laughs> but i'm like you're just writing us like a tv show wants a song that's kind of about like a, a hero overcoming whatever like just write the song like whatever it's a songwriting it's you know so i've been I've been really trying to separate the technical and, and just see if I can do that, you know? Um, and that's been really helping me again, like know all the things that I don't like and that I don't want to do. And so it's just, it's why it's widening it all for me. Um, and, uh, and it's not repetitive. It's not like me writing the same song over and over talking about the same things over and over. It's being challenged to write something completely differently. Um, and a style I would never approach. Um, digging into references I would never think about or care about. Um, but then f being influenced by it in strange ways. I think there's something actually really magical about writing sync things for, for briefs and, yeah. and getting that email. It's like, okay, so Subaru needs this thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I've, we've, I've, we have a publisher who we, we read a lot of sync stuff for. Yeah. And at first I was like, you, you're like, what, Okay, but this am I, isn't am, who I, I am. am I selling out yeah. or what? What <laughs> yeah. is this? This okay? I'm writing for a McDonald's commercial, but like it's it, it's strange at first, but I really appreciate actually someone saying we need a song, it needs to feel like this. We would like these words in it, and mm. and you actually, if I I feel like we're kind of in the same place, like. I cannot remove myself from the song that I write, mm -hmm. regardless if it's for, you know, Home Depot. Yeah. Like I'm still there. You're going to sing your heart yeah. out. Yeah. And, and, and oddly, it yeah. still means as much because yeah. if anyone finds out that it's Ruben that wrote for Home Depot, it's still Ruben, you know? And, yeah. and I think that there, it, there's something really, it's challenging, of course, but there's something really helpful to us as an artist to go, you know what, like all Home Depot wants to do is make money, but in order to make money, they need me to stir mm. the soul of Bob who mm. needs a hammer. Yeah. And like, 
<laughs> how do I do that? And, and that it's challenge for exercise. that challenge totally, for me, yeah. like it's an opportunity because someone said, I'm going to give Ruben a voice to a person in a place that he's never been in. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to give him 30 seconds to do it. Let's yeah, see what you got. Out. I yeah. think, I mean, I, that's I, cerebral, <laughs> that's emotional, that's creative. Yeah. Like as weird as it sounds, yeah, it's true. Yeah. It's a huge learning curve too, for Not sure. Not that yeah. you're just writing to Bob at Home Depot, you know, you're got superheroes you're overcome probably something slightly yeah. more romantic but we get L- nature luckily, valley uh granola bar commercials right yeah too soon man hardy's Mo- most yeah. most of the time yeah most of the time it's it's uh i've i've just done film tv show trailers and that kind of stuff um but it feels it feels the same it's all yeah. the same you know like whatever whatever it is if it's yeah stepping out of your thing and it's like okay well like well, I'm not gonna. I wouldn't write about that, you know. Yeah. So how, where do you put your heart? You to figure out how to do that, how to still put the same kind of emotion in, how to stay like, because it is those things. It's like you're doing it. It's got to still ring true with you. Yeah. Or you shouldn't be doing it. Like, um, so finding that way of like, still making it honest, but m- getting the job done. And it's amazing to be able to just work in music, and anyway, you know, doing whatever. So. Um, but it's a constant, like you gotta, I always have to remi- remind myself or like, um, think about, uh, like put it in a different context that I can quickly be like, well, that's fine. So you're like sitting down with a bunch of kids and you're like going to write a song where it's, it's gotta be dead simple. They yeah. want to <laughs> sing along to it. It can't be, it can't be complex or it's got to be just dark. straightforward. <laughs> it can't be dark, you know? And I'd be like, oh, that's an artistic compromise. No, <laughs> I can't. No kids. You know what? I, I have this dark. I have this darkness, and I can't. You know, it it can't be that clean. You know, like (laughs) we're gonna not. We can't use that word. You know, like no. You'll write a song because you want the kids to sing it. You'll have fun. It'll be like a fun thing. So music can be fun. So that's like the context I would put it in. If I have to write a fun song, like is it an is it an artistic compromise to like write something that's like fun and catchy and poppy? Like if I would do with kids, and and be comfortable and be like then then no it's not it's not a compromise and i'll run different scenarios just because i i'm so like i precious about those things and i get all up in arms like in my own i'll just like shut off if i think that i'm doing something that i shouldn't be doing Mm -hmm. but the reality is like you can i can do whatever i want and i've i've put it on myself to say you can only write these kind of songs or you're selling out or whatever it is that you say you're your own gatekeeper yeah 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 you are What's what's interesting about that though is I think that's a that's probably better than what so many of my friends who who write they're like well I gotta write a song a day or I gotta you know like some who are on different publishing houses where they they're made to write four five six ten songs a week yeah and they're just like just finish it man it doesn't matter yeah. and I'm like you you shut your mouth like yeah. it does matter those are words somebody will hear it and yeah. they'll be affected and they'll sponge it up and I don't and want they'll to sponge judge the wrong me and thing. associate me with it yeah yeah, yeah it's yeah. this super committal thing when yeah it's not. doesn't have to be I wanted to circle around uh, back to your new record mm. and you went to Mexico and, and you recorded yeah but it's that What's actually going out into the world? I don't know. I'm going a little bit deeper, and then um, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna make those decisions. Yeah. So yeah. right right now it's yeah it's I don't I don't know. Um, there's a really good chance. Yeah. Yeah. So do you get to make those decisions? Like yeah, it sounds like you have a really understanding so. label. Yeah, I I think I I think that I do. I'll have some influence and some like opinions for sure. Um, 
but I mean, I've been sending some things back and forth and everyone's like pretty on board with like, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, this is, you can do this in a different way. You know, this doesn't have to be like A&R'd. Um, you know, we all, I'll get some feedback on certain things. We're like, oh, I like this and this. And, but I, yeah, I think that it's definitely going to be, uh, I think also based on what I'm doing is it's not going to cost very much money. Yeah. So everybody that, loves that. So, <laughs> yeah. They're like, oh, sure, sure. Yeah. We pay for no, the Airbnb. Okay, cool. Nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. in that, were you actually the one, you know, pushing the faders and, and setting up mics? No, um, I'm not, I'm not that crazy of a gear person or at least the everyone else in the band is is so deep into it that um that i'm like i i, I really like them doing that and it's nice. a way of like a really sweet way of collaborating too actually is which i'm learning about right now um and there i just went with two guys and another person from london who helped produce uh our first record um but he's more just a friend like he, he came as a friend and he was on vacation yeah um, <laughs> There's a really a couple of amazing stories associated with that, but um, but yeah, no. So I've been working kind of one on one with a musician, um, and then having an engineer that uh, can swap the musician out, um, and it's been really fun doing it. Where like everyone in the room is kind of capable of doing everything, because um, I'll do it too. I'll I'll do the tracking if the other guys are playing, and and. Uh, but to be able to have someone that's like, hey, I'm engineer right now, and while the creativity is really happening between me and the other player, um, we just like go and go and go, and then the player will swap with the engineer, and then they'll flip, and they'll be kind of a new creative kind of wave, and like long, a long day in the studio, like never really gets boring that way. Yeah, it um, adds a whole other set of dimensions to the creative process, mm-hmm. somewhat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's kind of been the approach and right now I'm just kind of I'm finished I'm doing a whole bunch of things with just me and one other guy um which I really like too it's it's hard in a band to especially when you write the songs to then bring the band in and to still like feel like it's you don't you don't want to be like flying around. yeah and I hate I hate being like no 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 just do what I'm thinking please because <laughs> it's so hard on a band you know um because I want them all to be doing something that they like and that's creative and yeah. um so me taking that angle and just working one-on-one and, and kind of like involving everyone in different capacities at different times, it just feels so much better. Like, you know, cause then I can do that thing where I measure every little part with, is this making me feel really good? And if it is keep it, if it's not, I don't have to tell like the bass player, like, Hey, you're not playing on the song actually. Cause we don't even need bass. And for him to think that it's because of his playing or his part wasn't good enough or like it's nice to eliminate eliminate that and just be able to really be in like every little part of the song without um having to explain it too much um so i'm excited about all of that stuff coming together in that way because it feels way different than i've been doing it before way more personal yeah and when you came in, you were saying that you have a couple of days off after Folk Alliance, and mm-hmm. then you're hitting the road. Yeah, yeah. Can you tell so us about So we do your tour? this one. Uh, we just finished our like main album tour, which was all the kind of big cities, and so now we're getting into some of the secondary, like smaller cities and stuff. So we're doing Ontario and Quebec, um, and playing some small town Quebec shows too, which will be really fun because um, it's like a different country in this this province is so different than the rest of Canada. Everyone speaks French. Um, it's very European. Um, 
it's it's like a different kind of culture. It's really beautiful, but it it's something that is really isolated from the rest of Canada. So touring rural Quebec, I'm pretty excited about it. That's awesome. Um, yeah. How does it feel? So I'm, neither of us have ever toured Canada. We've toured America a lot and been a few places over the world. But like, what's Canada like versus, say, like the U.S. Yeah. as an artist playing shows? Um, I mean, it's it's probably pretty similar, you know. Um, a lot of the big cities are very similar. Like, um, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think it's I think it's quite similar because um, it depends so much too on the audience. Like I base it so much on like the venue and the audience. Um, and when you start getting a little audience, like if they're, if they're like great, then the city's great, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, cause all this and the cities too, depending on like the communities you're in. Um, I would say culturally it's, it's very, very similar. Um, like the Midwest and the Midwest and the West coast and the West coast, East coast, East coast, like That's interesting. very similar. Like tr- playing Toronto feels like playing New York, you know, playing Vancouver and Victoria is like playing Portland and Seattle. Gotcha. Um, playing Minneapolis is like playing Calgary. Um, yeah, so there's definitely so a lot of... So that's why you dress so cool. Because all the people <laughs> in Minneapolis dress really cool. Yeah. And <laughs> I like Minneapolis. Yeah. yeah. Um, that makes sense. Okay. I see it. Just yeah. a straight line. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I'd say, I'd say it's, it's, uh, it's very, it's very similar. Um, yeah. So you've got this tour coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, for our listeners, uh, if, if... First of all, it'll be strictly Canada, right? Yeah, yeah, this one's just Canada. Okay. Yeah. So um, where would they go to find you online to follow this tour, to keep up with you, to find shows? I think um, just any, like anywhere on the internet with Ruben and the Dark. <laughs> okay. You know, I don't, websites are kind of strange these days. Yeah. Like you say, go to the website. It's it's rubenandthedark.com. And and the dark. the dark at first we were questioning if it was in yeah because yeah. it was all verbal we were hearing it audibly you know what someone just i'm just gonna segue real quick here someone told me yesterday that, that a, a dr ruben discovered dark matter no and they're like i know i know why you named your band <laughs> and i was like what? no I'm like no no my name my name is ruben <laughs> you're talking to a real <laughs> physics nerd right here <laughs> yeah that's great so like, man yeah anyway uh, um so that not was, intentional uh, whatsoever. Not intentional. Not I knew nothing about it. It's something I, I now need to look up. Um, none of that info will be on our website. Uh, but <laughs> That's just a yet. special like in show. <laughs> yeah. There's a there's a pre-show <laughs> physics like kind of exploration in the lobby, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's yeah, like yeah. 90% of the matter in the universe. <laughs> yeah. It matters. That makes up yeah. his band. That's yeah. like, it's like somehow yeah. a compliment. Ruben, yeah. 90% to your of band. the universe. Yeah. yeah. Not quite the ring. Yes, and the dark, but well, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for coming to this small little hotel room. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, If you guys want to check out Ruben, just Google him. Yeah. Make sure that you buy his record. Make sure you go to see him when he comes to America or if you're in Canada or wherever he shows up, make sure, go hang out with him, give him a high five, buy his stuff, support his career. We think he's Regardless of the creative changes. Yeah, that's right. He's going to throw at you. Yeah, he's been in Mexico. It could be a mariachi record. Um, but Very good chance. I'm ready for that. Yeah, nice. I think we all are. <laughs> well, this has been the Shadowscape Podcast. I'm Corey. I'm Sean. And we'll see you later. Hear her sing. Hear her sing. Sing.
Yeah. 